Welcome to the Bigfoot Society Podcast. Join me, your host, Jeremiah Byron, as I uncover the stories behind the people who make the wonderfully weird and unexplained their life's work. We love chatting about cryptids and creatures that defy logic, but that won't stop us from having people show up that you might not expect. Check out our website, www.bigfootsocietypodcast.com. It's our base for all things social media, blogs, episodes, and everything else Bigfoot Society. Follow Bigfoot Society on Instagram to keep up to date with the community daily. If you'd like to support us and help us keep the lights on for the cost of less than a cup of coffee per month, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash Bigfoot Society where for $5 a month you'll get early access to the podcast before anyone else and exclusive access to our weekly Patreon-only Bigfoot Society After Dark podcast. It's where the week's guest stays on after everyone else leaves and shares their favorite creepy or cryptid story with me and you, the listener, as we're sitting around the campfire at our creepy cryptid summer camp. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash Bigfoot Society to also see all the shout out, Zoom hangout, merch discounts, and more that you'll have access to as an official Bigfoot Society card carrying member for only $5 a month. A little bit of this American life and a little bit of in search of is what you're about to experience. So sit back, put your headphones on, put your phone in your pocket, and relax with your favorite beverage as I uncover the stories behind your favorite entertainers, researchers, and people you've never heard of in this episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast. This week we have the opportunity of talking to Kathy Strain, Bigfoot researcher, author, uh, involved with the NAWAC, with some amazing stories in this one. You are not going to want to miss it. And one of the nicest people that I've talked to so far on the podcast. Uh, so sit back, relax, have a nice cup of tea and try to be as warm as possible in these snowy months and enjoy our interview with Kathy Strain. Well, thanks for coming back to the Bigfoot Society podcast. Uh, I have the privilege of having uh, Kathy Strain with me tonight, and we are going to uh, talk about Bigfoot and all sorts of stuff as uh, usual. Uh, Kathy, do you mind uh, telling a little bit about yourself to the listeners? Oh, sure. Um, I am a professional archaeologist. I have a bachelor's and master's degree in anthropology, and I'm currently the forest archaeologist and tribal relations program manager for the Stanislaus National Forest in uh, Central California. Wow. That is amazing. So out in California. Now, is that in uh, what, uh, what section of California? Is that in northern, southern? Um, we're sort of in the middle. So if you do, you know where Yosemite National Forest? Oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yep. my, we live right adjacent to it. So the National Forest oh, is wow. basically adjacent to Yosemite and then over from there. So it's I'll beautiful. tell you what, that area is intense. Yeah. Uh, I went out there for a, uh, used to work for Apple and I had training out there. And for a weekend we went out and uh, went in Yosemite and it's crazy out there. Like you lose all cell service an hour outside of the park. It was intense. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was very cool. Yeah. I barely have cell coverage at my house. I mean, uh, I bet. I, <laughs> we, we're, we are a very rural County. And so um, very, you know, we don't, you know, have much of, you know, way of, I think the whole, 
counties only got like maybe 50,000 people in the entire county. But but yeah, we have it's all wooded. We've got beautiful um, trees and scenery. And, you know, it's just a gorgeous place to to live and be. And and of course, it's Bigfoot territory because there's not not many of us to bug him. So. So here's the interesting thing about that, because. So we, uh, a group of us, of course, from Cupertino had taken a, oh man, it's one of those little uh, electric cars and we had no idea what we were in for. And it was just like, it was barely getting up the hills. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, this is before I was into Bigfoot. So this is a few years back, uh, really into it. And I remember we had stopped at an outlook and it was just like, pure sky stars all that we get back in the car and we are starting to drive off but i remember like looking out into the dark of the woods and i'm like man it just feels like there's something out here right now and i couldn't put my finger on it i was like you could walk a minute out there and not be able to come back in like it was it's the craziest thing it's so hard to explain until you experience it but Well, it's beautiful. So cool you get to live there yeah it's beautiful but remote and and it's it, you definitely have to get used to it and then it is kind of funny when you know you run into tourists and they mm-hmm. think they're in the wilderness because their cell phone doesn't work and you're just like no, <laughs> close to being in the wilderness you know if you have a road you are not in the wilderness so it, it is it is a great privilege and and um, been here a very long time and we're gonna retire here so Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. We stayed at a really cool resort called like the Yosemite bug or something. It was really cool. But, um, can you explain a little bit more about what it entails? Your, uh, uh, being the, uh, is tribal relations, uh, programs manager out there, um, um what yeah. that exactly entails. Oh, so for the forest archeology span part, I'm in charge of, of every, before we do a project, before we cut a tree, before we build a new campground, we have to survey it for the presence of archeological sites. So either historic or Native American. And so I have a, I have employees that help me do that. So it's not me personally doing it because it would never get done if it was up to me. So, um, (laughs) and so, and then I, so I'm in charge of all those sites, management of them. I, uh, the artifacts that are collected are part of our program. Uh, historic maps, photographs, that kind of thing, so that we're we're keeping uh, history for the future. So that's our main job is to try to preserve this stuff. And with tribal relations, my job is to work with the tribes that live here and call the Stanislaus National Forest their ancestral lands, make sure that their needs are met, like if they need to go gather or um, they have another need or, or they want to comment on something that we're doing. Um, and they have some very special sites mm. that are out there that, um, that we also manage with, with them together. And so it's a, it's a great job in the sense of, of I've known most of these tribes for 20 plus years. And so they're more like friends now after all this. Okay. Time. Yeah. So, that's cool. Yeah. And it. so, yeah, it's just, I really enjoy what I do and I really enjoy helping tribes that they have a need. And I keep a list where all these plants are. So in case somebody needs an easy way to get to willow or an easy mm-hmm. way to get to frack, uh, frack and fern, I can't believe I was going to say that frack and fern, um, or other gathering. <laughs> You're fine. I would have never noticed it. You're good. That was funny. <laughs> but, um, so anyway, I just kind of, that's what I do for them. I, I basically, 
um, my role is to help support them in their tribe and how they traditionally lived and continue as much of that as possible. That is so cool. Uh, man, what a, what an awesome opportunity. Like I would say not many people get to get to be uh, boots on the ground like that for sure. But, um, uh, when you started this, so was the being into Bigfoot before, or did it come after you it got was into that? Before. So uh, I became an anthropologist because of Bigfoot. It's all, history. I love it. So I saw a, um, documentary well it's not a documentary I, I saw a film that I thought was a documentary at the time but Legend of Boggy Creek yeah sure it had a huge influence on me okay and so I it, it, you know both it frightened me but it was interesting that maybe there was something out there that we didn't know what it was and science didn't know what it was but people were seeing it and my um, grandfather is from the Arkansas area and he used to tell me about this thing they called uh, I, I remember now Red River Monster or something to that effect. And um, okay. it just drew my interest. And so I then asked, I think I was in fifth grade, but my, my mind is, I, you know, older you get, the more of those young things you forget. Yeah, but, tell me about um, it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was around fifth grade. I asked my teacher, you know, what do I have to do to study Bigfoot? And she goes, well, I'm pretty certain you have to be an anthropologist. And that's all it took. You know, I was just, wow. that's where I'm heading. Always, always was my pathway. But to be also fair, my family traveled a lot. We never went to like Disneyland or mm -hmm. anything like that. When we went on vacation, we went on two weeks worth of driving through the states and staying in, in national parks yep. and national forest and camping. And so that was already a big part of my life um, then. So it was a natural fit, you know, and then I figured it out when nobody's going to pay me to study Bigfoot. <laughs> Hmm, what am I going to do now? And then, but I always loved, you know, history and archaeology and all that stuff. So it was easy fit. And, and, and it was interesting that that's my, uh, my foray into Bigfooting and kind of officially um, was with a tribe and what their traditional beliefs were um, when I was working in a different part of California. And, um, and that's where my passion for uh, Native American viewpoints on Bigfoot came from is that, you know, mm. that influence of Bigfoot's really important to us, the tribe. And here's some interesting things that maybe you don't know. And our, and the local tribe here has tons of stories about what Bigfoot is to them. And his name is Yayali here in uh, Tuolumne County. And so can you say that one more time, sorry. Yayali. Yayali. That is mm -hmm. cool. I love it. Wow. Awesome. I I'm totally, I've never heard that. Like that is really cool. It's, it's oh, yeah. got a very interesting sound to it. That's cool. Yeah, there's Almost every tribe in the United States, uh, Alaska, um, Canada have a traditional Bigfoot story and have oh. traditional names. And I actually, in an author of a book that uh, has a collection of those stories. And so, um, and there's a neat little appendix that has, the traditional word for Bigfoot for that tribe and then what it means, what's the translation of it. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. And that book is called uh, Giants, Cannibals, and Monsters, correct? Yes, Bigfoot yep. Native Culture, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Uh, do you find that most uh, tribes uh, view uh, Bigfoot then as like a, uh, a protector or is there um, – uh, what's, what's more the uh, – 
the viewpoints, are they more similar across the tribes or do you find it's differing as well? Well, that's why my title of my book is that way, is that some uh, tribes see him as just a giant, just a brother, okay, not human. And then in a lot of stories, he's a cannibal. And so mm. those are the most prevalent, at least here, um, basically, let's say West Coast kind of thing, although there's there are, there's others in other places in America, but it's very prevalent um, in California, Oregon, Washington, and going into British Columbia. The, it's the that most common story you'll find, yeah. Okay. Uh, it, you find that, though, that this um, these stories of Bigfoots, they, uh, they spread across uh, all the tribes, even the ones out on the eastern uh, coast or... Well, you got to remember these stories are hundreds of years old. And so true. no internet, no phones. And so <laughs> no, they're, That's true. They're, and they're very, um, the book is broken up into what we call cultural areas is what anthropologists okay. use. And so um, California is its own cultural area. And so ah. California stories are very similar, but um, Pacific uh, Northwest, that's a cultural area, and their stories are very similar and, and not really like the ones in California. And so then you have like the South have very similar uh, stories, but they're nothing like, you know, they may have some commonalities, but most of the time they're, they're specific for um, their region. So, for example, Eagle is a very common um, character in a story because sure. Eagle, but just because they all have Eagle means they all saw an eagle and felt that it was regal and and imparted that but and they'll incorporate them into the stories but then that's generally you know it's not because they heard from another tribe that eagle was important they on their own that's part of their culture that they believe for thousands and thousands of years hmm very interesting very interesting do you remember uh, let's let's go back to you know you're going through all your schooling you're getting into the place where you want to be you're like i'm getting closer i'm getting closer to where i've spent all this time through schooling to get to this place do you remember the first time where it's like you had that uh you're like oh i i'm in position to get this amazing Bigfoot information. I see this amazing Bigfoot evidence or like when it was like, I, I made it. Um, well, I mean, I, I knew working with, I, I, I was born and raised in Porterville, California. Okay. And that is the Sequoia national forest. And that's where I started uh, my career. And I worked very, um, a lot with the Tule river Indian reservation and they're that tribe, which have the painted, um, rocks there that's known as the hairy man pictographs. Mm, oh, yeah. The cover of the book. And yes. um, that's where my original foray into sitting with the elders and them conveying to me what their traditional belief in uh, Bigfoot was. And so, and I, that, that's when I first kind of went, this is cool. And I can talk to me yeah. about this, but I didn't oh, really, man. you know, I didn't really, right after I left. Um, that position I then was promoted to uh, a job in the uh, same with the Forest Service, but it was based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, so you don't meet a whole lot of Bigfoot stories or tribes <laughs> of Bigfoot there. And so I kind of <laughs> yeah, waned through that. And it was really when I came to this national forest and um, I believe I came in 1998. Wow. Yeah. Uh, was it 19? Yeah, I think it's 1998. And um, I also have to explain 
computers, I know to many people are everywhere, ubiquitous, you got one on your phone, you got them everywhere. Well, mm-hmm. When I started, we didn't really, computers were that foreign thing that cost a lot of money. And so you had one and you all shared it. Mm-hmm. So when I was, um, the, the first time I really got a computer that was really just dedicated to my use was when I came to the uh, Stanislaus National Forest. Wow. And so, and then internet became more prevalent and whatever, because back in the days we used to have these little weird I don't even know what they're called anymore, but they were like maybe a chat thing and you had threads and stuff and it was, you know. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Like forums or whatever. Or, uh, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It escapes me right now. Yeah. yeah I can't think of it. Yep. It's so long ago. And, you know, of course, in my day, when you deleted something, you had to hit three keys. Plus, <laughs> It was amazing. I don't know how to survive back then, but we did. I know, but, right. Yeah, so we had then more widespread um, when I got here. And one night I was had some time and and nobody was around and I hadn't wasn't ready to go home yet. And I brought up the internet and I typed in Bigfoot, mm. and I was just blown away that yeah. there was information on the internet. And one of the first things or groups I found was the BFRO. Uh, of course. And so that was yeah. that was my real foray of getting um getting to know that there were other people like me because I thought I was a weirdo that I'm the only person <laughs> on earth who believes in Bigfoot and and then mm-hmm. here it is I find this whole entire group with tons of people in it and I was just like that 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 I think is the day I kind of went oh my gosh, you know, I, I'm not alone and I can interact with these people and I can find out more data, but plus also approach it from a scientific um, yes. viewpoint yeah. because, you know, I had known that there were, you know, people out there, we see them on the news and stuff and they just sounded like they were, you know, drunk and they saw, you know, a bear and they mm-hmm. couldn't tell the difference, you know, and so here was yep. this opportunity to meet other scientists because uh, Krantz was in that group and Meldrum and Oh, quite. I mean, a lot of people that just lifelong friends um, for me um, were in that group. And so that was that was the day I think I said, I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm staying put here and this is what I'm going to do. Wait, did you just did you say you had um, so you had dealings with you said Grover Krantz? Yeah. Yeah. He really? Was alive then, yes. Oh, man. See, that just blows my mind because like um, I'm, I'm still very uh very new to all this and when i think of guys like that it's like you know they were back then we didn't have access to them but like to be able to talk to someone like you who was uh almost in that like um that period of time where you had access to some of those you know greats of the field like that's awesome yeah john green was in that group oh man yeah lauren coleman i think um Peter Byrne wasn't, but I, Peter Byrne, I know from a different avenue. So yeah, I mean, I've, I haven't talked to literally everybody, but I mean, I've talked to a lot of people mostly because they're always curious of, you know, how's it, how does it work that you're a professional high, you know, <laughs> I work for the government and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm a big footer too. How does that work kind of thing? And so it was just yeah. in good advice on, you know, just, just to, always take it from a scientific approach and don't be afraid to say, Hey, I don't, I don't think what you're looking at is evidence. I don't think, I think you're misinterpreting this because of X, Y, Z. So just very helpful words that, that that are, have lasted a lifetime for me. So that is cool. That's cool. Um, 
And uh, it, it, so your uh, your husband's name is Bob, right? Yes. Yeah, and he's also very involved with uh, into uh, Bigfoot as well. Right. Uh, that correct? Yeah. yeah Which I that know. I think is awesome. Like, well, I met him at a Bigfoot conference. Oh, did was- you? <laughs> yeah. So I, so that works. Is- yeah. Yeah, it works. It was um, my first time I had um, uh, finally decided I was going to speak at a conference, and that was in mm. 2003. Okay. And um, it was the International Bigfoot Symposium. Um, it, was, it was a huge deal. Um, mm. Jane Goodall was slated to be there, Ooh. but she couldn't, and she's, I believe she's oh, a, a film for us to watch. And you had, um, oh, I'm not going to get everybody's name right, but John Green spoke, gave a keynote. Uh, Dimitri, ooh. Yeah, that one's a tough one. I, yeah, I'll yeah. let it slide because I couldn't say it either. So you're good. Yeah, yep. I, I was there, and um, there was—I mean, it was a huge deal. And so I gave a paper there, and oh, cool. it was my first time that I was publicly, you know, coming out of the closet yeah, and yeah, saying, yeah. "I'm a Bigfooter." People hear me roar. Wow. And so that was that was a fantastic conference. It truly, truly was. Um, in fact, I don't think I've ever been to one that was equally as good, except for maybe uh, the Yakima Roundup uh, for Bob Gillen. That was that's that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, so was that conference up in uh, the Northwest End or? Yeah, Willow Creek. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, I mean, yeah, uh, the where- the first one were both of them, or the first one? Oh no, the first one was in Willow Creek. Okay. Um, the International Bigfoot um, mm-hmm. Symposium because that was where we were. We went down to the film site of the Patterson Gimlin film. Oh. Gimlin was there, and and that's the first time I met uh, James Bobo. Um, yep, met him there. Yep. He almost killed me, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Yakima Roundup was in Yakima, Washington. Okay, yeah, that's right. Where Bob Gimlin lives, so that was that was. So uh, you met your husband there. You just a uh, random uh, Bigfoot guy came up to you, or no, no, no. Um, he didn't. Re- he only briefly talked to me. Okay. Really later that we got together, but he um, he was a fan of mine. From I, I handled all of basically Northern California Bigfoot sightings for the BFRO, and ah, okay. so he was a huge fan of going to the BFRO and looking at the new reports. And I I really did a lot of work, and um, and. So he knew my name. And so that's okay. the first time I ever met him. But this first time I met a lot of people that are now very dear friends of mine, like, you know, Tom Yamarone. And there's mm. just a lot of people there. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I just asked because both of you are, are uh, a highly respected in, in the community. So wanted to yeah. get that it's, little tidbit there. So it's just because of my brain, but Bob is all the beauty. So that's that's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so speaking about living in the uh, Yosemite area, mm-hmm. um, have you had have you had any interesting things happen? Uh, in in this area, I've had yeah. several. But I, I really? do have sightings, but they're not from California. So mm-hmm. which is, you, you have to go all the way across the United States to get a sighting. Um, yeah, around here I've seen, um, you know, we've seen footprints and we have a place that uh, we used to Bigfoot all the time that would routinely we would call blast and we'd get a response. And, you know, oh, wow. we've seen broken trees, uh, you know, uh, yeah, around here it's and there are quite a bit of sightings and a lot of them are crossing the road kind of situations and and they, um, okay. you know, they're the beavers out of the poor driver, but the sightings. <laughs> 
sightings that I had were actually in Oklahoma because we are members of another group. As, of course. Yep. Yeah. The North American Wood Ape Conservancy. And so um, we have spent quite a bit of time there. And uh, so my first sighting, so think about I me. Mean, I believe in Bigfoot since I was, I don't know, how old a fifth grader or how, however old I was when yep. I saw that. Okay. Yeah, let's say seven, you know, until... I'm not going to reveal my age, but many, many, many years and and hair dye boxes to cover the gray. <laughs> years later, I don't have a sighting sighting until 2012. Wow. So, you know, that's a long time to to still keep the faith and keep believing, you know, but, but the footprints and other things I had seen were very convincing. And of course, being yelled at, you know, all the way across a, a valley is very convincing, too. So but. Do you want me to tell you about that sighting? Oh, yeah, totally. But I was just thinking, I was like, you don't hear. So if you're into Bigfoot, you don't hear so too many people saying, all right, forget this. I'm out. Like, I'm sure that happens. But it seems like if you're in it to be to begin with it, like you kind of stick with it. But well, there's there are people that have burned out that I used to hang or talk to on a regular basis that I haven't heard from in years. Oh, okay. just you know, lost interest, even though, and that, well, I, they had sightings and the scene, that's what I find weird is if you wow, have, it, that's, you think you wouldn't give up, but I think it's more own. other pressures or sure. you know, something else happening. So, well, but. Um, yes. So you are referring to, uh, the NAWAC, uh, area X in, uh, Southeast Oklahoma. Is that right? That area or. The big mountain area, yeah, so um, it's, Wichita. It's called Wachita. Wachita, yeah. Wachita yep. Mountains, but I call them Oachitas because that's what the locals nice. call it. Oh, okay. So, okay. That's cool. Yeah, they pronounce the O. They're, they're, that's what they do. But yeah, and we were, I've known members of the group for years and years and years. Um, Alden Higgins, Gerald mm. Collier. I mean, I've known them yep. for a very long time. And, and I was at a conference there in Texas. And they came up to me and, and Bob and said, you know, we've got this area that is just amazing. And all this stuff is happening and blah, blah, blah. Would, would you guys be interested in coming out and seeing what you think and, you know, what's going on? And my mom had been in a really, my mom, dad, brother-in-law and sister had been in a bad car accident in November of 2011. Mm. And I was like, you know, I don't know that this is something that I can pull off. And she, my mom finally got out of the hospital. She was in the hospital from November until April. And um, just the stress of all of that, I talked to Bob and I said, you know, we, we need to just go somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's something crazy. It's just yep. so we can just release the stress that we've been under, uh, uh, you know, for all these months. And we said, why don't we go ahead and drive out there, stop by and see Bob's family in, in Dallas, Texas, you know, we're only going to spend a week there. Oh, well, it's a week. If we don't like it. We'll just leave early. And, right. and so that's what we decided to do. We made a little vacation of it. We kind of went to different sightseeing. You know, I, we went by Grand Canyon and poor oh, Bob nice. hasn't recovered from that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a very clumsy person and he swore I was just going to fall in. Oh, and, uh, boy. Oh, but, that would be nerve wracking for yeah, me, too. He was too. pretty nervous. He was happy the second we got out of there. But <laughs> um, so I, I we arrived on a Sunday and uh, there was uh, people already there. And so, okay. um, you know, there's four cabins there that are um, 
we have them, you know, the north cabin, the east cabin, you know, you, you have to orientate yourself because north in Oklahoma is not the same as north in California. I tell you, this is your <laughs> oh, okay. completely different location. And so, um, so nothing happened on Sunday. It was really just boring and getting to know everybody and okay. having a good time. And, and then Monday rolled around and basically my life changed that wow. day. That was the most profound emotional day, you know, oh, man. besides, I guess your kids being bored, I guess I should. Well, yeah, that, yeah. You know. that's My a kids. given, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but I don't remember quite what time it was, but let's say it's like mid afternoon. Uh, the, there was five of us there total. So okay. uh, basically the four of them were running around like, um, like they're being toyed with. So when, when a rock would hit uh, a tin roof, because all the all the cabins have tin roofs, okay. the guys would run over there to check it out. And then the second they got over there, then a rock would hit another roof, and they'd run over there. So this is what they've been doing. You know, they're just playing. Oh man, going around and around, and then I'm like, I'm not doing that. It's just way too warm. It's in May, mm-hmm. and uh, I just said, well, I'm just going to stay here. And there's a longer version of this story, but it 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 takes too much time to go through it. it's got a little more details anyway um they finally come back and we're sitting around there most of the fires that they have are of course in a fire ring outside and we're sitting around this um empty campfire no no fire was going because it wasn't you know wasn't cold and i'm looking down and we're all sitting in camp chairs and i'm looking down this area we call it the bottleneck because it's literally um, I don't know if you've been to Oklahoma, but essentially, I have not. No, the, the whole place is trying to kill you at any time. Really? So, oh. you know, yeah, it's got you know. You try to walk up the hill, you, you know, you you're hitting rocks. There's down trees. There's this stuff called greenbrier, which Ooh. is uh, a thorny, um, kind of vinish looking plant that grabs. Okay. I've lost my shoes more times than I'd like to count. Um, there, you know, where it unties your. Oh, yeah shoelaces and pulls your shoe off um there's snakes everywhere oh really that's not cool no not pleasant no so and that didn't include the spiders that are like this big oh geez yeah that i walked through their spider was more than a few times (laughs) so we're sitting there and i'm looking down this area it's called the bottleneck and the bottleneck is essentially the clearest easiest walking spot on that is private property on, on this property. And then we call it the bottleneck because you, it's the only place if you're really going to catch anything, that's where you're going to get it because everywhere else it's so thick with brush and whatever, you're not going to get really clear glances. Yep. So we're sitting there and one of the gentlemen that we were with, Mark goes, man, I, I hear something walking. And we were like, okay. And we're listening. And we were wondering if it was our, our resident Fox that comes by and looks for scraps and stuff. And then all of a sudden, I see uh, a big one and a little one come into my frame of view and they're doing some kind of weird thing. Like one, it was clear the big one wanted the little one to come with it. And the little one was intent on coming closer to us. No matter what, I mean, that's what it looked like. It's like, no, no, we're going to go here. And the other one's going, no, no, no. And I think (laughs) was to try to get behind this um, shed. Hmm. And I don't know if you noticed, but I'm, there's not been a whole lot of women down there. And my voice is certainly not for not what I've seen. No. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I always had the impression that the little one thought I was a little one because of my, Oh yeah. I I don't 
prove it. I don't, that's just a speculation on my part. Sure. And um, so I bolt up, I jump up out of my chair and I point at him and I go, there they are. And I ran at them. Oh so, no. Yeah. Cause I'm going to catch them. Yeah. I, you yeah. Know. You're going to get them. Yeah. And they turned around and bolted up this hillside wow. like they were on a bungee. So, I hear that over and over. Yeah. It was, I've never seen anything like it. And, and it was interesting because then there was no sound. So they weren't mm. being quiet coming because I think they thought we were over at the other cabin, you know, investigating okay. the rock crows. And I think they thought they had a clear to come closer yep, yep. and we caught them anyway. So they just go whoosh right up that hillside. Like, like it was nothing. And so mm. we all ran over there and, and of the five people there, uh, all four people saw the same thing. One person didn't see anything because he just didn't have the view of it. And had I not said anything to anybody or not gotten up and yelled and ran towards them, there was mm -hmm. actually a camera that we had set there. And I'm the one who triggered it because I'm the one who ran past it. And so if I, they had just come just a little bit closer, we would have had them on film. Oh no. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. But yeah. And so, and then from there it was just craziness, all craziness broke loose where we had so many things uh, happen. It was just, but the day we drove out of there, we stopped at the, the, where the road hits the, another road where we turned to go um, yeah. back to civilization. And we stopped there with our friend, Brian Brown, and we got out of the car and we just looked dazed at each other. Just like, you know, we felt like we had just been through, put through uh, Vietnam. You know, that's how it felt. Yeah, yeah. Because it was nonstop. It never stops. You know, it was constant rock throws, constant something weird happening, constant of mm. all these things. And you just never got a break. And, and and so we actually talked about it all the way home. We And I think we spent six months constantly talking about it, about we can't believe this actually happened. You know, and the funny thing about it is that they look just like Patty from the Patterson Gimlin film. It's exactly what they look no like. No way. Yeah, exactly. Really? Like well, I mean, of course they would, but like that just, that for some reason blows my mind. Like that's awesome. Yeah. And then wow. it, they were dark. And then later in that week, Bob saw another one that was reddish in color. Mm. And so, and he said it looked okay. just like an Irish setter. It was just really pretty. Really? And, yeah, I, was, I wish I'd seen wow. that one. That would have been neat to see, but that's yeah. And there's, you know, if you read, we have on the website. If you people want to visit mm -hmm. the wood8.org, there is yep. a uh, you can go to the the Wachita um, project monolith monolith. What in the world is that called? Monograph. Yeah, that. monolith is a whole different yeah. podcast <laughs> episode. <laughs> And you can read all the stuff that's happened because um, we yeah. outline things that have been seen, things that have occurred. And uh, okay, it's really is we, we really try to run a scientific um, operation that that's we note everything. We take notes of everything that happens. We collect evidence, all that stuff that goes with that. So but you can read up on it and, and if you're interested in. I personally checked it out before. It, so these are like, these are heavy duty, like almost scientific journal type papers. Like, yep. yeah. I mean that, which is awesome. Like hats off to, I mean, the guys involved guys and gals involved with this, like they're they, like, I think they're the most, some of the most serious um, oh, yeah. that, I mean, they are like, 
man, they are prepared and ready for action and like yep. no messing around. Like yeah, it's right. awesome. We are all business when we're there. So, you know, nobody's allowed to drink alcohol. Nobody. Um, oh, really? Okay. That, yeah, that's good. Very careful, very careful about what we do. And we have man, you know, we have protocols, we have all these things that you have to have to know in order to even go. So, cause we don't just let anybody go. You have to be a trusted person. Mm, which is very good. We don't, want yep. any we don't want somebody shooting a human because they, no. they're green or anything like that. That's the worst thing that could happen. And so, so anyway, and then I had another sighting the year after that, and then another one a year after that. And so it's mm. been, been, uh, but then there's been times when we've been there where I've had absolutely nothing has happened and you're just about to die from boredom and the heat and the bugs and everything. <laughs> it's, it's hit and miss when, when it's going to happen. Cause of course it's, you know, all sightings are random. You can't predict. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And this was also uh, featured in one of the episodes of uh, Small Town Monsters on the Trail of Bigfoot, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. I remember the first time I watched that because I had looked into Area X before. And then when I realized like one of the episodes of On the Trail of Bigfoot was going to Area X, I was like, this is amazing. Like, man, the the footage in that is is so good. Like, yeah, it is. really makes you feel like you're there. Yeah. So it, it was uh what we we scared the poor guy, but very little intense. And so um <laughs> but he he was such a nice person and he cracked me up. They showed up, I think, with to eat all they had to eat was snowballs, um, jerky, and were you talking about Seth? Yeah. Was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because nobody ever believes us when we say it's it's you're really super remote. And yeah. I still remember so as a Forest Service employee, um, we have government trucks, you know, and, and they're all four-wheel drive, and they mostly all have high clearance. And we have some really horrible, horrible roads, and, and I've still gone down them. And believe me, that road into X is horrible. It, there, that Yeah, I was going to bring that up, yeah. Hor- there were one time we was so bad, we're tilted like this, and I reached up. Oh, I'm man. we're in the car driving, and this this is what we're driving on. And I re- and I'm there's Bob above me now because we're so tilted. I'm going, <laughs> oh, this is awful. And then there's one spot that we used to go that was there that was just rock because the the rain had just washed away all the the soil, and I'm just going. Wow. And, and I remember last time we call our our truck Bessie, mm-hmm. and I'm talking to her. We're just inches of making it out, and I'm going. We'll never come back. We'll never come back. If you just get us out of here, please just let us live. Nice. So we try to go out, go come in and out as a group as much as possible in case somebody encounters. That is people. smart. Yeah. We were, we were by ourselves then that day. No, no one left behind. Definitely. Well, that, that might be an inch, another scenario entirely. If you're the only one in there, I mean, I'm not to, to say, you know, how, the, how the wood apes, um, act but i mean like you never know right like yeah you never do and there have been people who have been in there uh, weeks at a time by themselves oh really yeah i mean people are hardcore i the 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 experience in 2012 was so intense uh bob and i made the decision to go back in 2013 Mm -hmm. but he would go for three weeks by himself whoa in a in you know there was other people there but without me and then when he came back i went for three weeks and so, um, mm. th- that was, you know, that's a lot to give, you know, yeah. to do that. It was, it was wonderful experience for me. I mean, I, 
it was a little lonely. I remember the first week I was there and it's really hard when your spouse isn't there. And that's definitely the longest we've ever spent away from each other. Oh, yeah. And I remember they're leaving and I'm waiting for my next team to come. And I, I it was all I could do not to go, no, God, please take me out of here. I, I, I got to go. <laughs> yeah. We had, um, we had that the second week was, was it? No, the first week was just God awful. I mean, it was just constant stuff raining down on us and, and we just couldn't get any sleep at all. And, oh, uh, and that was pretty much an all girl group, but, um, we had Brian Brown there with us and we had set up a surveillance system around yeah. the cabin to see if we could catch them, um, moving. And, and it ended up you, that we could even see the IR ourselves because it was, it, you know, it was, I think it was good quality, but it was clearly putting off you know, a, a, a light that was unnatural for the area. And so we, we didn't um, capture anything, but we used to call that our Bigfoot, um, our shield, because if you turned it on, nothing was going to happen because there's they, <laughs> animals can see it. And so they weren't coming anywhere near it. And that's, that's the only time we got any rest. Wow. Um, question for you. Um, what was there a, a situation where so you have all this time where you're working with the tribes and you've got all these stories um you know passed down accounts in your head and so you've built this this view in your head of what bigfoot looks like then you get out to area x and you actually see it what how what does that do to your mind is there like a big shift like that has to happen uh, like i don't know how i'd handle that like or maybe you had the the idea of what it looked like already in your mind or is there any did anything like that ever happen um yeah i had in my mind that they looked like caddy i mean okay. the tribes would always tell me yeah that's what they look like you know they oh. tribes fully support that being a real animal on that phone there's Awesome. Let there be no doubt of that. Yeah. And so that's what I always pictured, but she's not really fast in that film. Right. If you, if you notice, she doesn't mm -hmm. walk at lightning speed. No. So the only thing that really uh, traumatized me, I guess, was the speed of them going up that hill. That, hmm. that I remember I turned around to Bob and I just said, well, we might as well go home because we can't win this. And he, <laughs> Like, you know, time one of those things wanted to pick me up and carry me off, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know, I didn't they look like they were strong. They were very muscly. And mm. in 2014, I saw the one that's called Old Gray and okay. monstrous. I mean, Ooh. monstrous. I, where I saw him, I stayed put where my sighting was and I sent them over to where I had seen, seen him so that we could compare in height. And here's, Here's that thing. Here's Bob. Really? And he's six foot tall. Whoa. It was huge. One of the largest things I've ever seen in my life. And I would have no doubt whatsoever that if mm -hmm. he wanted to, he could even push the cabins down. I mean, mm. it wouldn't surprise me at all that he was so large. And so wow. I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for that size difference, you know, kind of thing. Although it would make sense that you know, males would grow taller or bigger than right. a female. But I was, I always made fun of those people who called them eight footers or um, mm -hmm. I used to make fun of the ones that used to, I, there's sightings where the Bigfoot kept up with the car driving 
you know, ran oh, along. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Obviously now I'm going, oops, you know, I guess they mm. are kind of that fast. And so there's, there's those yeah. kinds of things that I, the, the tribes that always told me, you know, don't go outside if you hear whistling because the Bigfoot's trying to lure you out. We've heard whistling now. Um, oh, tribes man. have always said that they bang on trees with, with sticks, you know? And so when you hear it, that doesn't surprise me. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't those kinds of things. It was the things that, um, basically I hadn't really been told, I guess, is the best thing that I, no tribe had ever told me that they could get that large. So caught me off guard or that yeah. they were super fast. So that is, is crazy. Uh, so you, you mentioned that you saw some of, uh, I, well, I, I would imagine they're in a group there of some sort. Um, right. Uh, and you're, you saw some of the males. Um, are they extremely like wide across too as well? Um, um, or yeah, I can say what I saw. Okay. Uh, I, I think, and I cannot swear to it, that the first two I saw were um, a young female who was stuck babysitting her bratty little brother. <laughs> that was just my initial kind of because how I why I've always thought that is when they bolted she went up first and did not wait for him at all and so as I would think I've seen enough primate behavior a mother is going to try to save her child first right that's what chimpanzee yeah exactly Morales protect her young so that's what my why I was I thought that way is that she went you're on your own sucker and just went woo and she was equally as fast but you know what i mean she was definitely in safety uh before he got there but the so the only male i've seen um i, I saw him by profile so i didn't get to see him across uh, the street. i okay. saw him this direction and so um he he see, certainly seemed like he was wide certainly interesting very interesting i've yeah. actually got a question that um from uh, Greg in the Patreon, who has this kind of uh, is in this area X area. So his question is, it must have been amazing to work with small town monsters in area X. Uh, what's been your uh, favorite or coolest moment while squatching? And I, I'm gonna think he's probably referring to an area X, but you know, up to your interpretation. There. Oh, proudest of. Um... Well, I guess it's related to that, but Peter Burns, um, if you know him, he's one of the four original mm -hmm. horsemen. Yes. Yep. Um, we, we were together at, uh, it's uh, called Beachfoot, and it's an organ. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he picked up his chair and came over and started talking to me, wanted to hear about my sighting. Oh, wow. And he asked me tons of questions. We had knew each other for a while, but not, you know, never had a real in-depth conversation. And Peter is very much so a, a firm believer, very stout firm believer, that Bigfoot can only be in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, really? Okay. And okay. So I, I told him the story. And then, so then right after that, we get interviewed uh, for a podcast. Uh, Laura Krantz had done it. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, wild Thing. Wild Thing. Yep, and he's interviewing um, myself, Bob, and, and then Peter Byrne. Mm -hmm. And he admitted, he goes, um, based on Kathy's sighting, I'm now going to have to admit that there's Bigfoot in other places um, oh, wow. in North America. And I said, I'm going to give her, I'm going to give her Oklahoma. And so that's what I'll say from now on. And I just went, 
Amazing. Whoa. And I just, wow. and I remember when I mentioned that to Dr. Meldrum and he went, holy cow, because you, you don't know what a <laughs> that is. And I was like, well, yeah, I do. I mean, so I think that's what I'm more yeah. proud of is that he took that I'm an anthropologist and what was, what I saw and took mm-hmm. it very seriously that, okay, I, maybe I been discounting the rest of the United States. Um, mm. Yeah. Man, that must have been that must have been one of those things where it made all that those years of hard work worth it. Just like, I, yeah, I, dude, I this took is a it. picture of the moment, and I have it on my yeah. phone and show people. Go see, oh, this is the moment. So good. Came in. So. That is so cool, man. Oh man, very cool, very cool. Um, this has been such a fun, fun chat. Are you still active? Are you and Bob still actively going to area X then or? Um, we did not go, um, last year because I injured my knee on the job. Oh, okay. Okay. And oh. so I just, my knee is just in bad shape. And, um, and of course this year was COVID, but the, yeah, right. the, yeah. the operations are still going. And then we're, we're talking about if we come out of this COVID, Mm-hmm. probably going this coming year because you know we miss it and and, yeah. and i guess another way of saying what i'm proud of is i have it hasn't killed me yet so <laughs> i keep going back Good and point. i see some snakes that would uh i don't even know why Ugh. i would go back to that because i hate snakes yeah i'm in uh central iowa and like it's okay in central iowa you get to southern iowa and you got some crazy snakes there but like uh, Oklahoma sounds way worse. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's there everywhere and there's all kinds of different types. And just one other little story, but it was really funny is yeah, we're sitting down and eating dinner and here comes a copperhead out of nowhere. Oh my goodness. Runs up Bob's leg. Whoa. Over him and then heads for our tent. And Bob didn't oh, spill a drop of his dinner, but Brian Brown, who was there, dumped his dinner all over himself because it was such a shocking event. I mean, it just came right at him. And wow. so just like, yeah. and then it, it went veered off and then headed out. It was just like, and there was plenty of other places for that snake to go. He didn't have to come towards us. But mm-hmm. and, and I remember, but here's Bob, got his dinner, didn't spill a bit. And and I'm looking <laughs> at it, making sure it doesn't go in, or t- in our tent because that's my main concern is that, you know, we're just going to have to burn the tent down if, if it gets mm-hmm. in there. And so and it just keeps going all its way. And I just thought, yeah, I knew I married a cool man, but now I really know. There you go. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool, man. Uh, thank you so much for for coming on, Kathy. Like this has been uh, just fantastic. Um, what are uh, I'm sure most people listening to this have, have heard of you, but if um, people are new and wanting to keep up with you um what are what are things that you would recommend um you know I, I, we talk about your book again other things like that i would really recommend um oh this that is a good lead on for let me check the date i'm going to be Ooh. on a new television series whoa so, really proof is out there the proof I is out there january 8th okay um, and it's going to follow um I feel awful because I could. I don't watch this show, but a lot of people do. But it's the mysteries of Oak Island, something like that. Oh, okay. So it's immediately going to follow that program. So I believe it's January fifth. And if I look at my my phone Mm -hmm. really quick, um, but Cliff Berrickman is on it as well. Oh wow! And um, it's called the proof is out there. 
Oh yeah, January 5th, 10 p.m. Eastern time. It's right after the curse of Oak Island. Oh, okay. Is um let's see what channel. Um I don't know what channel that is. I watched the terrible. That's history channel. It's history yeah. channel. Yeah, history. totally. Yeah. So yeah, I know. Sorry, history channel. <laughs> Well, they, it's A&E, and A&E owns all of those channels. Oh, now. okay. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, it's a, the series is about um, us as investigators looking oh. at um, uh, videos or things that people have filmed or taken pictures of, and then okay. applying our our um, specialties, mine being anthropology um, mm-hmm. and a Bigfooter, uh, to that and then saying what we think maybe w- what's really going on there and there were definitely several that really impressed me that wow yeah one i think is probably one of the most significant uh videos ever taken in anthropology in the last 50 years really I mean, sincerely amazing incredible. yeah so, well i think we'll definitely be checking that that sounds pretty cool yeah, yeah. it is and uh, otherwise than that you know keep up with uh woodape.org and i'm on facebook and you're welcome to contact me anytime awesome awesome thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me big thanks again to kathy strain for coming on to the podcast and chatting about uh, all sorts of things bigfoot again do us a favor go ahead and check out her book giants cannibals and monsters bigfoot and native culture to get an amazing overview of native culture and Sasquatch. Thanks again. Um, Also, uh, if you're looking for a cool... This is going to be an ad, guys. Like, uh, (laughs) Hey, check this out. If you like uh, cryptid-themed objects, why not get a box of them every month? Uh, You can do that with Cryptid Crate. Uh, Just uh, go to the URL bigfootsocietypodcast.com forward slash cryptid crate if you get a subscription uh, from that URL then it helps support the podcast Uh, also if you use the code bigfootsociety b-i-g-f-o-o-t-s-o-c-i-e-t-y all caps get 10% off the first month of any new subscription to the uh, cryptid crate uh, you get a lot of cool stuff in there. A new box every month, and you get everything from, like, some. sometimes you get a shirt, you get a DVD, you get a book, you get a sticker. You never know what you're going to get, but it's going to have an awesome uh, something to do with cryptids and cryptozoology. So go ahead and check out my uh, my buds, my pals over at uh, Cryptid Crate. It's BigfootSocietyPodcast.com forward slash Cryptid Crate. I also want to take a few minutes to... Uh, thank the supporting members of the Bigfoot Society Patreon. Uh, we have Surfetes, we have Josh Sewich from the Starfall Collective on Twitch. We have Greg Morrill from the Indiana Road Trio. We have Coco Van Boxtel from Strange Little Lands. We have Tate Hieronymus from the Bluff Creek Project Podcast. Uh, newly on iTunes in other uh, podcast venues. So check it out. Um, And if you're not a Patreon member and you're just a listener, thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us. Uh, Go ahead and uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, your preferred podcast platform. And um, 
If you have any stories, you can give us an email at BigfootSociety at gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more preferred book lists at BigfootSocietyPodcast.com. You can always go to Instagram at Bigfoot Society. And we have a TikTok now. It gets pretty crazy there. Bigfoot, Bigfoot.Society at Bigfoot.Society. And if you've got a story to tell and it's related to cryptozoology or the unknown, don't be afraid to send me a DM on Instagram at Bigfoot Society. I'd love to uh, share your story with the world. Let's uh, get it squatchy. (laughs) The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.